Oh, I think we lost Katie. I think we did. What happened? <laughs> yeah, what happened? I was getting tired of hitting mute on my phone, and so I thought if I pushed the center button, it would mute, but it makes you drop off. Oh, wow. to survivor at home the podcast we are here with episode six following survivor 43 the title of this episode was mergatory fun fact this same group of three recorded the podcast on this day one year ago the mergatory episode as well so it's very fun to be back i've got my co-host here andrew with me andrew can you summarize this episode in one word i loved it there was a lot to break down. I hope everyone did their homework. I hope you guys did your homework because a lot of facts, a lot of names, a lot of people meeting on the beach. And if you haven't been following, you're in luck because we're going to break this down for you. We're going to help walk through each of the conversations, the challenges, of course, the tribal council with a pretty epic vote, many names that were thrown out. And it's good to be here. But let's introduce our guest co-host. Yes, let's introduce her. So we've got the queen of idols for Survivor at Home finalist of survivor at home season two and now has graduated didn't been promoted whatever we want to call it into a producer probes jr co-producer katie ironside welcome in to survivor at home the podcast thank you very much i am delighted to be here any wisdom that you want to share that jordan didn't steal already yeah i was just thinking that the mergatory episode in season 41 i think it was genie who was voted out that is some right? good knowledge off the yeah. top of your head that's, yeah. why, that's why we have you on. And Katie, we asked this last time when you joined the podcast, but now that you've switched from being a participant, a player on Survivor at Home, and now actually helping host and run the games, what's been your experience? Like, Give, give us one or two thoughts at a high level. What, what have you enjoyed about seeing that side of the production? I think we did talk about this a little bit on the last podcast. It's neat to see the behind the scenes of all of the details that go into planning, seeing how much work Andrew does to get ready for it, the practical things. It's also, it's really cool to see the relationships. And I know we don't get the same vantage point from being on um, triple play or house party, but you still see these connections. And after the game is over, being able to hear people's reflections and stories and you know, the Facebook page that we have, um, that those relationships keep growing. It feels pretty cool to be a part of that. Well, yeah, that's why we put together this online reality game, Survivor at Home. And for those of you who are listening, who want to be a part of a future community in this, we run events a couple times a year. It's online. We created this, of course, with a heartbeat to bring people together. If you are sitting there, you're listening in, especially if you got lots going on with work or family or commitments, and you say, I need a weekend of fun for myself. This is the weekend for you. Sign up survivoratHome.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. An amazing group of people who love Survivor. We're based here in Toronto, but people can play from all over the world, all over Canada, which has happened. Shout out to uh, Lindsay and Caitlin and Cal, Tamara, others playing all over the place. It's been really fun. I love it. It's a, it's a lot of joy to run this and Katie to have you on with me each week. I'm sorry, each season is, is pretty awesome as well. So thanks for that. It's a pleasure. And that's all the nice stuff I will say about you as we dive into this episode. But this is episode number six of season 43 and the Mergatory. Yes, this is a, a huge episode, really a turning point. And I think Alex will be happy that now 
the season is finally picking up. So Jordan, take us away. We get to the yeah. beach. What's happening? We get to the beach. So right away, reminder, Geo was the last one voted out before this episode, but right away we get Tremel. Contestants and players still receive tree mail, but we haven't, we don't see it much over the course of these seasons. They don't show it to us, but they do get their tree mail and it is day 12 and it is time to drop your buffs. Usually when they hear drop your buffs, you then pick up a new one. Not the case today. Uh, in this episode, it's drop your buffs. You have no tribe. It's not a merge, it's not a, mer a, a combined tribe or a merged tribe. It's just no tribe. And everyone's getting together saying how much they, they wanted to meet everyone and be nice. And, oh, you seem so great. And Cody's like, why are we all lying to each other? We just want to vote each other out. I thought that was... It is funny. Exciting. It's one of those formalities, right? Where you get on there. It's very, you know, everyone's happy to see each other, say hi. But you're right. You know that this is just fake and fake smiles. And I love how he just shares that with us. But he's like, oh, yeah, and I'll go along with it anyway. What's your take, Katie, on Cody? We've talked about him a lot this season. I like him. I'm, I'm rooting for him for top three, definitely. I agree with what he says. I also think it's interesting. I think it was um, Janine who went up to Noelle and gave her a big hug and said, I've been so excited to meet you, like in front of everybody, which felt like a bit of a risky move strategy-wise. Yeah. But then right after, Cody's like, why are we lying to each other? <laughs> <laughs> Production is so much fun with that. But yeah, it's cool. It is cool because you forget we've spent five now six, this is the sixth episode learning from everyone and seeing them but really other than either a journey or a challenge they haven't seen each other they don't know each other from day to day most players have not spent any time talking to anyone else and the only perception you can get of someone is seeing them in a challenge and seeing how they interact with their tribe mates but not on any sort of personal level and now they're just baptism by fire they're all together um well, I thought Owen, also... what he said too was, uh, sorry to cut you off, Jordan, just that idea yeah. of not only knowing like, who are all, all these players, but what are the advantages and idols that are out there? I think he calls it Jeff's bag of trinkets or tricks, right? Because, and he's got that hilarious line, like, I wish I could just see, you know, that under the names on the screen as I'm watching at home. And then they start popping up. I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious when he starts talking about, I wish I had the, like you said, I wish I had the ticker, but then as he's in the middle of saying that sentence, his name pops up. And then a couple seconds later, no advantage. No advantage. <laughs> he's talking just about trolling him. Yeah, exactly. Right. But then he, he names off the advantages as well that he knows about. He knows Gabler has an idol for his tribe. Um, he knows, or for one tribal mm -hmm. Gabler has the idol. He knows Janine has an idol, but doesn't have a vote. He knows Jesse doesn't have a vote and he knows Noel has a steal of vote. unknown. Carla has the idol and also unknown at that point is Cody's idol. Cody. Yeah. Right. Um, but then speaking of Cody's idol, this is, this is one of the things that I actually thought was a great moment early in the episode where Ellie hears that Cody has the idol because someone was talking about Cody taking everyone's beads. I think Noel was talking about Cody taking everyone's beads. She doesn't know that that, that is worth an idol, but Ellie hears it and goes, Oh yeah. All right. So Cool. Cody's got the idol because he took everyone's beads to make his palm frond crown. I yeah. think it was. Well, that's that exactly what we talked about last week, right? Yeah. We said they're going to get there. Someone's going to be talking about beads and collecting them and someone else is going to pick up on that. And sure enough, literally in the first minute, we see Noel yeah. recapping the, that crown and the beads, like you said. Yeah. And now they know. And they know that Noel doesn't know either. That's even a little bit of helpful information. Yeah. And, and then, then Ellie has her 
quote of the day, I think this is. I feel like I was made for Survivor. I've kind of figured out how to hack things. I feel like this is my environment, the social element of the game I knew I was going to be good at, but I'm way better than I even thought. That's called hubris. <laughs> what does hubris mean for those who yeah. are listening like, at home? That in- immense pride and sense of uh, heightened sense of self that ends up being her downfall. Did she overplay it? I well, liked her all season and people said she's, you know, not maybe reading the room. Well, I, I think she did have a good social game. I mean, great observations. I would yeah. go and tell you guys, Hey, I just heard so-and-so talk about Cody. They don't have an idea. Let's like, I don't blame her confidence. I think sometimes as the audience, people watch that and criticize her like, Oh, she should have known better, but those are good moves. You're, you're, you're making strategic advances. I guess what we find later on is just, it maybe was a couple notches too much that people didn't like. I think interesting because you can be making all the right moves that it seems in the moment. And then later on, if one of those comes back to bite you, there's nothing you can do about it. Or if someone tries to make something come back to bite you, which might not be true. And I think that's a little bit of what she's going to run into. It's also interesting. You say the quote, read the room, because we're going to have a little read the room segment a little later on, uh, on some other things that happen in this episode. But, uh, but Ellie, it, it just the quote I thought stood out to me, even in the moment, it stood out to me of someone seeing, seeing how confident Ellie was at the, uh, at the time of the merge and, and getting all this information and putting things together. I mean, up to this point, she's had a, she had a good episode for her 15 seconds of screen time. She put together that there's another idol out there and who's got it and who knows about it and who doesn't. She's on top of that right away. And so it's a good start. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder though, if this is where confidence can be a double-edged sword because she's feeling so good. We then get into the challenge, which is a massive challenge because as Jeff explains, the winning six are safe the losing six are actually the ones on the block who can be voted out and they draw the rocks we can you know read those off in a second but when it comes to the end of the challenge ellie even says she nominated herself to do the final puzzle which we've talked about before anytime you self-dominate for a huge component of a challenge especially one at this like turning point of a season the spotlight's going to be on you and so you just wonder that just behind the game, I'd be curious to ask her after the fact, Hey, you know, were you just so confident that, yeah, I, I can, I can do this as well. And it may have been yeah. her downfall there. So, but. Well, it's also a double-edged sword in that if you volunteer, do you, do you honestly believe you're the best option on your team to do the puzzle? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't volunteer and you are the best option, that's negligent on your part. Mm-hmm. But if you do volunteer and you are the best option or you're one of the best options and it fails. Where's the, where's the balance in that? Right. And so like, if you look around, if she looks at her tribe and says, I'm the best person on puzzles, this person is second best. We got to do it. And you still end up losing. You're going to feel bad about losing, but you had to step up or you don't, you don't go for that volunteer moment and you end up losing anyways. Is that really better? Either way, you've lost in this situation, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I like what Jeff says too. You know, sometimes the game does come down to these little moments of chance. Like Katie and I have put together these Survivor at Home events. There's a lot that is in your control as a player within the game that we've created, but there are times that just 
a word or a phrase or you see something or say something at the wrong time, or you get paired with someone for a challenge just by the luck of the draw, it totally can de determine your fate. And I just like that Jeff even acknowledges that, for, you know, because there are, there's a lot of people, I was on the phone today with someone who said, Oh, it's survivor. That's the show where it's like, it's all made up. Right. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's real. Like it's a real show, I believe. But there is, there are these pieces for sure where uh, you just can't control it. Right. It is, Put, it's produced in such a way that you have to put your fate in the hands of the game and drawing. Imagine that feeling like just drawing rocks and looking around and Katie, I don't, I don't know about you for Noel. She, she gets the, the gray rock. She sits out, which I was curious about because that would have been of all the challenges to get up that ramp and the meshing for her would have been difficult. Although I would have loved to have seen it, but if you're standing, if you're there, Noel, she looks over to the one side and you see the red, crew that's Cassidy James Ellie Sammy Owen and Cody and then over to blue to Gabler Jesse Ryan Janine Dwight and Carla that's a mm -hmm. that's a, such a hard decision to make but what did as you as you guys were watching did you think one looked stronger than the other I th I did I, and I actually feel like her her quandary there was less about which team is going to win but I think she was trying to process a hundred different things at the same time. I'm like, what does it mean to choose this tribe on? If I don't choose that tribe, what are they going to think about it? So I think mm -hmm. she's also balancing who's going to win with what does it mean if I choose the other one, which that to me would be the hardest part of that position. That's a good point. But like, it, so it's more, it's not just yeah the physical element. It's actually looking at who's like, if we lose, cause I think if she, if she had a picked, um, sorry, the, the, the group that she picked, there was Jesse and Dwight were there from Vessi as well. So maybe she thought, okay, if I do lose, at least I got, there's probably three of us that are not going to vote each other out. So that's at least a safe bet. Well, I'm going to push back on that a bit because what does her choice really affect the player? It doesn't give them anything. It doesn't take anything away from them. She's, she's quote, just a number in that moment. I don't know that. You know, if she didn't pick me, uh, okay, she didn't pick me to win, but I don't know actually if that should have been a big part of her thought process. I, I agree with you that I think it was, but I don't know that it should have been in that moment because you're not, it's not the hourglass that we punted into the sun, thank you very much, and got rid of um, <laughs> from last season where the decision of that one singular person affects the game and affects everyone else. Her decision to pick someone is simply just, I join, I win with you, I lose with you, and that's and that's it. May, I think more the decision is more about joining them because if they do lose, you have allies. So she joins that tribe. She's got Jesse as an ally, Dwight as well. Yeah. They're allies of hers versus the other group. It's only Cody. Mm -hmm. And for all that we love Cody, he's going to be viewed as a wild card. He is a wild Noel, card. No matter yeah. what. So I think that more plays into it rather than the social dynamic. I think this was a really cool twist and I agree. I'm glad they got rid of the hourglass because it's more about that individual person's game. Uh, we've talked a little bit about, sorry, we <laughs> on the podcast, it has come up about how you react or how you respond to a twist and that that is what makes your game. So I like the, the idea that this is more about that personal choice and how it impacts your game. And I think it's all of those things. Mm -hmm. I think it is, if if I get, um, if our team loses here, what does this mean? What allies will I have? But like I said, I think she would also be thinking, how will my alliance members on the other tribe interpret this moment? 
that I don't believe in them or I'm not on their side and navigating that as well. So I think it was a really good social twist, even though it's in the context of a challenge. I find it so hard. That's that's well said. I, I find it so hard though watching these moments or when someone wins a challenge and Jeff says, okay, you get to bring one more and then you get to bring one more. That idea of trying to make the right decision. Like my personality is, I, that's how I think. I want to do like the right decision now, like the Enneagram one wing for those who understand that. You want to get it right. So in those moments, you got to make a decision and there are so many variables that at some point you just have to make a choice. But you do hope that you would have some wisdom or probably play those scenarios through your head, at least later on, you know, like at the loved ones visit, if you win, you're going to be asked to bring a couple more and okay, what's my strategy going to be? But those often people say probably better not to win it, not to be in that position where the spotlight is on you. This is a bit different. I think I agree with you, Jordan, that she's not going to get too much flack no matter what decision she makes, but still that pressure of being the one when everyone else is looking, okay, who is she going to pick? You never know. That's those are the little things that can come back to bite you. But anyway, exactly. she picked right because she did. She they did. did win it. This challenge looked interesting. There was one of honestly like full body chills moment. So Carla hurts her hand, crushed her. Gets oh, some, crushed her. Brutal. I didn't actually see. I didn't actually see what happened, but I saw the the blood. And obviously, she's saying I can't move it. She's like struggling to grab things. It just smashed and, like one. You couldn't oh. quite. See, I I went back and paused and rewind like ten yeah. times slow motion. You, you don't see it, but there was one box that went down. So she must have put her hand on, and then the second one just must have smashed it oh man oh man like just and you can tell yeah. so much so much pain that she's going through and then they get to that rope ladder and i think everyone's thinking this is going to be difficult like it, it, it's a high high ramp to go up in the first place and i think she was going to struggle on that anyways but then you mm -hmm. add in her hand and this rope is not going to be nice on the hand. And it's just, she goes up, you see the first time she grabs that rope and I'm like wincing in pain as she grabs that. And I see here as we're talking on, on zoom, Katie's wincing in pain as I explain <laughs> this and she falls off right away and slides down the whole ramp, her hand, her knee, her leg, like everything down that whole ramp, just so much pain. And then the whole tribe or team, I guess works together to help her out and get her up that ramp was like full body chills in that moment of the dedication and teamwork. Cause it looked it, there was a moment where I thought it looked like she said, I can't, I can't, I'm going to try, but I can't do it. We're not going to get this done. Mm -hmm. And then they're boosting her up, grabbing her. She's grabbing that rope is with everything she's got with her hand. That is yeah, Ryan's crushed. hanging upside down. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Like just so many creative ways to think through it and problem solve and they end up getting through that and then winning the challenge not just like that was that slowed them down having to dedicate all of their resources to um making sure that everyone gets up that ramp and up that rope and then they still end up winning mm -hmm. it was i, I teared up a little bit in that yeah. moment <laughs> i think it i think there are times in the show where you have a bit of a microcosm of why it's so amazing. And you just see people being good to other people and lift, literally lifting each other up sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just 
to me, seeing things like that is so inspiring. And, you know, it goes on later. And I think Janine is the one who says, you know, just be to, to Ryan, like, just yeah. because we won this, it doesn't mean we want just to work you together. Lifted me up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but there's still something about in that present moment, we're going to celebrate this. And I just thought that was really cool. It's cool because everyone is different. And Janine says that like, just cause you, yeah, you helped me up or I climbed over you. It doesn't mean I'm going to work with you. I'm more the personality that if I shared a moment like that, that was very like you're overcoming an incredible physical obstacle and mental and emotional, I would, that would play at my heart. I would, I feel like I would go back and, and speak to those people and say, that was, that was a really cool moment today that we shared. Um, now I wouldn't maybe go as far as Ryan, <laughs> which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was over the top, but just, I, I do connect that that heartstring from sharing a shared experience with, you know, fellow players. And, and for myself, I'm a big sport and especially team sport guy, like huge fan of, you know, basketball, hockey, but then also spend a lot of my time coaching youth sport as well. And to see the ultimate teamwork that came through that, where you're only as strong as your, we'll call it weakest link. She was injured in the moment and it was a tough challenge to begin with. So you're only as strong as your weakest link and they make sure that they are one strong unit and get through it as a group and had one priority and, uh, and coming together like that and, and working together so well to dedicate in a moment like that is really cool to overcome a, a tough obstacle as a group. So yeah, just and cool yeah. challenge, by the way, just really yeah. awesome you know, steps with the puzzle blocks and the sled and, and then having to cross that, over that cross over. Cool. Yep. And then of course that, that puzzle at the end, which is uh, kind of an obscure phrase too, right? Not, not one that we've seen before. Yeah, um, it's it's not a probstism, right? No. What is it? Earning your spot at every stage. So yes. you're right. It's it's not only is it a hard challenge with so much on the line, but it's not something that just comes to mind or you can dig deep. You have to just kind of guess. I would have. I think I would have laid them on the ground first and tried to get mm -hmm. a sense of at least a couple words. Um, but yeah, they got it. Both teams. You hear them whispering to each other. Well, they should have been, and then other people are hearing. But they they were neck and neck. And, but ultimately the, the, the crew got blue crew got ahead and, and won that. So Noel picked right. She's safe too. And we get Sammy's cameo that kind of sets us up. Like the madness is about to begin. Things are going to get crazy. We're headed back to the beach where someone is going to come this close to making the merge and they are not going to do it. Here we go. So one thing before we go, can we assume that Carla went and saw a medical from that moment? I was surprised because right? usually when someone gets injured, you get, you actually hear Jeff say, and mm -hmm. we'll get medical over or something, but yeah, yeah she had a bandage later. So, Oh, she did. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. So she did see that. And then I was also left confused on who was voting on this and we'll get to it later, but I didn't, I, I was trying to figure out, is it just the six that were voting? Because was it not in the last couple seasons, just the six on the hourglass or six or seven on the hourglass that voted? That is a good question. I should I have looked this up before. Here we go. I don't know again. what they did. I, I think everyone still got to vote. Regardless, for sure, tonight's episode, everyone was voting, as we saw at Tribal. Everyone got a chance to cast their vote. But yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't remember if it was... I, you know what? I, I, I would bet that it was the same, that everyone still had a vote. You just could only nominate this yes, number of people. Correct. Yes, everyone did have a vote. Um, so I just... It wasn't kind of laid out. Um, and so I was a little bit uh, confused on that. So let's go to the quote "losers' lunch," right? As they called themselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ellie is upset. Um, there's 
we're starting to get kind of the initial dynamics of who wants to work with who the storyline of Baca and Bessie teaming up seems to be dominant at this point with this group. Um, uh, we remember from a couple of episodes ago where Baca and Bessie clearly worked to Bessie clearly helped out the Baca tribe, the yellow right. tribe yeah. uh, to beat Coco. And that was kind of a line drawn in the sand at that moment. And it, the momentum is swinging towards that continuing um, Owen and Ellie being sketched out by James. There's a ton going out here. And then I came to the realization. I think a lot of people, Cody's the lone Ranger out there. There's, he's the easy target. He's, he's the only, easy, he's the easy target. There's three Baca. There are, although Ellie knows that he's not an easy target because he does have an idol. Not everyone knows that, but Ellie understands that mm-hmm. um, we know, but there's three Baca two Coco and um, Cody from Vessi. So he's just, he's just kind of a, a lane sitting duck. Yeah. And I think she, you know, Ellie didn't seem to ever want to do anything but work with Vessi. We mm-hmm. talked about that before, did that, you know, helping the, the team matter. And I was saying, I don't think it was going to be a good move to help a team in a challenge, but it seems that that did influence it. The two of them mm-hmm. seemed to want to work together. And so as, as far as I understand it, Ellie, as she's throwing out Cody's name early on, it really is just a decoy name. She is intent mm-hmm. on getting out Coco, yep. targeting them, maybe split James and Cassidy. Mm-hmm. But then she does go, she works her magic. She talks to Cassidy and Cassidy seems to believe her. She seems to be on board. I think Cassidy even says, you know, this woman's alliance might be a thing. Mm-hmm. But James, on the other hand, he's got yeah. his antennas up and he is not buying it at all with Ellie. And kudos to him. Like, he's he's here to play as well. And he said, she just doesn't tell me anything. I don't trust her. She, she didn't give me a name. Then she gives me Cody's name. By the way, his voice, did you notice just like from the fatigue, it sounded like a, a lagging yeah. zoom voice like that just shows like the, the emotion of the, if you will go back like and watch when my it. like like when my voice starts to cut out it does Wi Fi spot yeah i thought that was funny but yeah, yeah katie what was I your thought... take there go ahead katie i thought it was interesting and it might be how they cut it but when she is talking to him it looks like she's trying to do her best not to just come out and say let's vote cody because she doesn't want to come across as two in your face mm-hmm. because what she was doing from my perspective was letting him arrive at it at like, yeah, well, it can't be this and this. So it's got to be Cody. Yeah, you're right. It has got to be Cody. But like, obviously it is. And I think if she actually was wanting to vote Cody out, that would have been a weird strategy to use. Like, yeah. it's a scenario where it would have been less condescending to just say what you wanted. So I can understand that he would respond coldly to that, that she mm-hmm. wouldn't just come out and say the obvious thing. And it's interesting. I feel like, as often happens in Survivor for the people who feel like they're running the show, one wrong shift in tone or facial expression gets people's guard up and something that started as a master plan falls to pieces for something that you didn't even think was an issue. Like your big plan is working. It's some small throwaway thing you didn't even consider that ends up being the deal breaker. Which would be so frustrating, right? To watch back and say, oh, had I just come out and said, yeah, let's let's get out Cody. He's like the, the obvious choice here. He's Coco. Let's do. It. He may have been more inclined to believe her, but you're right. She's gonna watch back and and be kicking herself because of these little conversations. Yep. Okay. Let's move into the feast, the merge feast, and a little lesson on read the room. Here, everyone's loving it. The seven are having a great feast. It looks awesome. All feeling good. 
And then they start to open up the conversation specifically about tonight. What do we think is going to happen tonight? And the first person to speak up, Ryan, with a pitch for that group to be the final seven, because that would be perfect. <laughs> Read the room. No one is ready to talk about you being a final seven when everyone, except for Ryan, maybe, has an alliance member in the other six that they want to work with. The eye rolls are coming out heavy in that oh moment. Goodness. I love the pan across and just everyone. Carla's like, I'll just Carla. take another sip of my beer. <laughs> yeah, she had the beer. All I could think of was the all I could think of was the meme of Kermit with the tea where he's just sitting like, I'm just going to do <laughs> Minding this. my own business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Noelle looked over at someone and they both did it like, you're hearing this, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? And that's not even, then we keep moving on. Um, right after he says that everyone shares about someone they want to keep from that group of six, except it gets to Gabler who just goes, Ellie went through my bag. I want to get her out. Her closest ally is sitting right there. Gabler, read the room. Is that really? I know. I know what happens in this episode. I know how it goes down. Cool. Is that the best thing in that moment to shake up the status quo just like that on a simple question? The question was, what are we thinking about tonight? And everything just got spilled out when there someone said there's a currency in this game is trust there's two currencies trust and information and all the information just well not all of it but a ton of the information just gets spilled in that moment by switching up the subjects on uh, and going right after ali i i couldn't believe it this was also where i didn't know that the seven were voting so i was pretty confused on that as well when they started to talk about their votes and i thought it was just the six voting turns out it's seven and i'm all clear it's a funny moment and it makes me think that they've like stumbled into some fairy feast or something where there's a spell over the food, like share your deepest secrets, say stupid things. But I do wonder at what point in the meal is this? Have they been sitting there for two hours? Have they had something to drink? Are they just so excited to be eating that their guard is down? I think in some ways that's a disadvantage to go to that feast. I, it's still better to eat, but better to you, eat and better to not be vulnerable and the fact that they're not facing each other i realize that's a silly thing but none of them like it's all one long table right which made for tv i'm sure yeah i'm sure it's because of tv <laughs> but it means that those glances those eye rolls are less likely to be picked up so talking mm. about reading the room it's harder to do that when you aren't facing a person that's very so interesting it's, it's the uh, last yeah. supper setup, as it were mm -hmm. uh the yeah, someone commented, we've talked on the podcast previously about how even some women have complained being at tribal and being seated closer to the front. And often the men are put in the second row of stumps behind. And because yeah, you have that vantage point at the back to see the reactions, the little twerks, you know, uh, tweaks or, you know, facial expressions. And that actually might matter. You might learn something from that, seeing someone, mm -hmm. whereas the women at the front can't necessarily see the facial reactions to the people behind them. And so that those, those things do matter. Cause you're right. Even on camera, you're like, those are some very obvious facial, like Janine's, you know, like wide eyed, just like shaking her head, looking at Gabler, you know, that, I mean, maybe she did that on purpose, but you would be able to get away with that more. 
But yeah, he drops a bomb here, throwing out Ellie's name day three. Uh, it's a roll of the dice. Really, it is, Katie and Jordan. Like that he does that, that can go one of two ways. You come back and everyone's like, all right, this guy is clearly the one to go. He's just you know trying to stir the pot. Easy target. Let's take him out. Like just as at the start of the game, you know, you look for someone that, that does something yeah. that kind of sets them out. He, so that's one that could have happened. I bet you more often than not that would happen. But this time, the alternative is he actually, as he said, throws a name out and he says, I'm targeting enemies that I know are my enemies. He wants to put a name out there. Whereas everyone else is saying, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm loyal to these people. I'm still learning. He says, here's a name that we can go for. And man, what a roll of the dice. I would never do that, but it sure paid off for him. It does kind of remind me of um, Tony when in season 40, he talked about once he won immunity. Okay, let's go. I can't be voted out tonight. So if I say something stupid, we're good because I'm not getting voted out and l- let's just go for it. And I have power now. I can I can make moves. I can try to control things. And that's, you have seven people in that situation and one or two of them, I think what Ryan said was just kind of, mindless and saying seven people pitch for the final final seven but gabler has the audacity just to go i'm safe i'm not getting voted out tonight let's let's go let's make some waves right if you're i think 100 percent, if he's not safe and he's vulnerable he gets mm-hmm. voted out if he makes a comment like Good. that you know what of course i didn't even think of that right he's, but sa- he's safe he, he can't go he's home. got that comfort and yeah. now the dynamic anytime someone gets voted out the dynamic completely changes every single time so does it mean that he could be in trouble next time around because he was so brash he could be but it's changed so maybe he's not going to and if he can recover well from it then he'll be good to go but being safe is a key to trying to make a big move and having seven people safe can be a fun power struggle Mm. That's a really good take. Yeah, I I didn't even think of that. I think he definitely then, I even give him more credit then for just, again, reading, maybe (laughs) it's a bit brash, but reading the room, reading the situation that I am safe, why not make a big play? And he says, like, I want to not just talk to talk. I want to walk the walk. I want to look decisive and trustworthy in this game, which I think it's decisive. I don't know if it's trustworthy, maybe trustworthy to a new alliance, but regardless, this is what we saw with Marianne last season. Like you have to, now that we're at the merge, you have to not look at just getting to the end. Cause a, a Gabler is kind of a player that stereotypically might get to the end, but be kind of that extra bring along. And so he's reading the room and saying, I want to get to the end and, and know that I right out of the hop at the merge made a pretty big statement that could have turned on me, but actually made led to a pretty big vote, getting a strong player like Ellie, out of the game. Sammy knows that Ellie's strong. Owen knows that Ellie's strong. So to have Gabler be the one that spearheads that, that's credit on his resume. Katie, here's my question for you. Is Gabler saying this because he's alone targeting Ellie or is he actually gathering numbers himself and doing it? I, to be honest, it did feel flippant. Like I think it didn't seem like he was really considering what he was saying. And the thing that got me is if Ellie had not been back at the camp doing what she was doing and they got back, it could have come back to haunt him. I think it just worked out in his favor that she happened to be plotting and James saw it and a few other people overheard. And that when he came, maybe that was the spark, but it, 
I don't think he had enough control over his scenario for that not to have gone wrong. It was just luck. It just mm. happened to work out. Yeah. I don't think he was the influencer. I think he influenced it in that making these big brash statements, but I don't think he was the one doing any of the actual legwork and he was along for the ride. I actually think it's more of Owen and Sammy who have been really good at making it seem like they're a part of this alliance. They're all, you know, the five of them strong and trying to talk them down a bit. Like you need to like calm down so we can Mm -hmm. at least give this veneer that all as well. And it worked out. And I think it was that influence that made Janine hold her idol because she really believed that if nothing else, Sammy and Owen were still with her. So again, I think as much as Gabler was the loudest voice i don't think he was the one making things happen i love it it speaks to the complexity of of the game and any decision like when people at the end want to you know talk about very black and white things that happen in the game often it is stuff like this where there are many factors into this one vote and they all are valid they're all pieces of the pie right gabler's initiating this i think the way that he goes on to talk to ellie which we'll get to you know i think he he deserves at least 50% of this pie. But as you said, Katie, Owen and, and Sammy come in and cool in. Cause you get to the end, you're like, Oh, Janine, you're going to play your idol for sure. What? Like you have to know. And even Ali says, I don't trust Gabler. Like, why would I trust him? This is moments before they're going to tribal. Yeah. So they did something too, to sway that. So just interesting again, even if you get to the end to be able to articulate that, especially if like two of them are up against each other to both reference this moment but to be able to claim and almost like in a, in a court of law, try to claim as much of that percentage of the pie as you can. So that if it's Gabler and Sammy, he says, yeah, we both had a play in that, but man, my piece was bigger because I got the ball rolling. And Sammy says, no, but if if you got it rolling, but man, it would have all gone to crap if I hadn't have calmed things down and brushed it over because Janine would have played her idol. That's just a fascinating thing that you have to almost argue with people uh, about that. Yeah, so, I feel like Gabler maybe threw the ingredients into the pie dish, but they're the ones who got it in the oven. Yep. Wow. Nice. There's a little well, baking analogy oh, for you. Oh, there it is. As long as I can eat a pie, I'm happy. That's all. <laughs> yeah, we're good with it. So <laughs> let's go into that Ellie and Gabler confrontation. Because to me, it felt a little bit like an immovable object against an unstoppable force. Like neither was going anywhere with it. Was anyone really in the wrong? Part of me thought Ellie rightly or wrongly, is blowing up Baca by confronting Gabler in this way right now. But she also has to realize the guys are working together because Gabler's coming to her and saying, I know you went through my bag and I know Janine has an idol and neither of you told me that. That's not guesses. He's not guessing that that happened. That happened. They Mm -hmm. went through his bag. They have an idol. Who could have told Gabler that that's happening? Not Janine. And the, the, those women made a choice not to include him on either of those items. And he knows both of them. Yeah. So she has to realize that's where if you have your read on the game that you had 20 minutes ago in this episode, if that's true, you know, something fishy is going on behind you. Right. Well, she's sharing this information. This is, he's not giving you random things that could have happened in survivor. He's got too much accurate information that you shouldn't know. You didn't know he knows. Yeah. This is where Ellie earlier in the season, she thought the guys were kind of pushovers that they weren't playing strategically. Mm -hmm. Remember that conversation in the forest? Like are the guys even playing this game? And she underestimates them a little bit there. 
I think this moment is where maybe she did not read the room right to say, okay, Gabler again, he, he like, just as a fan, as you watch, most people listening, I think would agree. You watch Gabler. He does. He's like, ah, he's just kind of like that older guy. He naps a lot, like not that strategic. So sure. Like he's not going to, he's not going to get far, but you see the way when he's in that conversation with Ellie and just going head to head with her, as you said, Jordan, they're butting heads, but I thought he spoke so well in that conversation yes. to come back at her say okay well then tell me like was it janine tell me janine well i'm not going to play like that well i want you to play like that because someone went through my bag he he didn't let her get away with that moment and as much as i have you've heard me say it i liked ellie i wanted her to go far or win this game i thought he really played that like kudos to him he showed he he gained you know i, I gained a lot of respect for him after that conversation it was i think a massive obviously a, a shift in the episode and even for his yep season going forward he is here to play and it kind of goes back to that moment when it, i think it cut from the two women talking about that and then him saying you know i'm a i'm a heart valve specialist like i'm they might i'm happy to let them think that i'm clueless like this is someone who is an intelligent man mm. like don't underestimate that that's true right and this is the thing that's been building right we've been talking about this all season on the podcast there seems to be a storyline here hopefully it's for not just for nothing of the mm -hmm. two of them, these titans, as it were, you said, like the immovable object, the, what is it? Unstoppable force. force hitting each other. And here we go. This is like yeah. where it all comes out on the battlefield. And it was really cool to watch. I really was fascinated. Yeah. I'm amazed by people who can articulate themselves. Both of them yeah. did a good job in those scenarios where yeah. I might just get flustered or emotional. But, man, they they really yeah. pulled through some punches. But then I like also, how Ellie... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say also... It was a good, I, I thought in the moment, it was a good recovery job by Janine, Sammy, and Owen to come in. Here's all information. Calm things down. Look, I get we have issues. We are right now better to work together. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that Gabler was convinced of that by the end of the conversation, but it felt like we could move forward with our plan for now and work together. Katie, mm -hmm. you were going to hop in. I was going to say that I appreciated Ellie's response in that head-to-head -head moment when he asked, was it uh, Janine then? Because mm -hmm. to me, those are the moments where I would get caught out of like, oh, I don't want to like give someone away, but I also don't want to lie. Her response was obvious enough to us, but also ambiguous that it could have not been Janine and it could have been her. Like, I don't want to play like that. She's just, she's not answering the question he's asking. But I thought that was a good deflection. Yeah, it, it was I, fascinating. I thought that was really good. I don't. I that's. I say unstoppable force versus immovable object because I don't know that either of them was really in the wrong, right? From their perspective, there's not a black and white. This person's right. This person's wrong in this moment. Mm -hmm. They're both giving you their perspective, what they've gone through. It's all subjective, and at the end, they it gets brought up in tribal council. You, you're trying to do what's best for you while also weighing what's best for everyone else. And those don't always align. And it causes these head-to-head -head where what's best for Ellie is not what's best for Gabler. And it all blows up in everyone's faces um, over the course of this episode from things that are in and out of their control. But uh, um, yeah, we move forward. James still on something sketchy with Ellie, always saying Cody. Um, uh, Jesse's on board with voting for Ellie. They want to break up Ellie and Janine. 
And then the, there's a conversation between Dwight, Jesse, and Cody where they were talking about the um, James vote, mm-hmm. right? So it seemed like Vessi was actually all about the James vote with Baca. That was, everything was trending that way. Ryan walks into that group and immediately they just, they keep going with their conversation about voting out James right in front of Ryan. Right, who they know is going to go report back to Coco. Uh, apparently they didn't know that. I don't know, man. I mean, said it. yeah, I mean, but I, I think at this point they had decided that Ellie was going to be the target. So that's massive right. information though, to share yeah. to Ryan. His, yeah. He's just kind of passing through. Ryan was in a few of these because he was also with Gabler and Janine, which again, game, talking about Gabler yeah. just dropping bombs, right? He's there. He's like, oh yeah. So Janine, oh, uh, yeah. you know, the, the thing with the, the bag and also Janine, don't you have an idol? And Ryan's like, <laughs> uh, Janine's like, Hey, let's go talk. And Ryan's like, I won't tell anyone. Like, he's just kind of like <laughs> a deer in the headlights, like a very, Ryan, you know, just what a collecting friendly, information. what a friendly guy, right? Just along for the ride and having fun. Let's all just work uh, together, guys. This is a good, yeah. a good time. But that was We're getting this friendly guy Ryan story from all angles right now. Right. And that as this is all happening too, this as a sidebar just reminds me time and time again, this is why even early on with people you trust, it's so dangerous to share information about idols or advantages because all it takes is someone who <laughs> just decides to shift gears like Gabler and everyone's going to know about it he's just telling everyone janine's like okay like i guess everyone knows i have an idol now because he's just boarding it out at camp and in front of random people so we'll see how that plays out but yeah ryan then to your point goes and reports back to coco he talks to uh, carla to cassidy and james and says they're they're throwing he basically tells them like they're saying cody but it's you it's james and cassidy and they're like no he's like no i swear to god like this is what's going to happen and that's i think where it clicks for them too that Ellie the whole time has been playing them. Yep. If you could make the case that his choice to go and share that with his alliance is actually the main thing that got Ellie out. Yeah, that was the, that was for sure. Whether it was the main thing or not, it was 100% the nail, the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. And it could be, you're right. It could absolutely be the thing that set it over the top and tipped the scales and whatever cliche you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, put the whipped cream on the pie mm. <laughs> maybe not. i should have left that one let's keep <laughs> going was, we were uh, Andrew, you can edit that right um, i like pie so we'll keep it in <laughs> okay uh baka is gonna vote for james for the most part it sounds like they're gonna stick with that plan uh gabler then gives us the confessional where he says i'm gonna vote for ellie that's it i just thought i hope he knows what he's doing because at this point it might it may very well be ellie going out but if he does that he's going He's guessing right. He's not going with the majority and he's not working with anyone. Mm-hmm. At least we don't see him working with anyone. That's Get, a good guessing point. right or voting right, but not working with anyone just means that you're not with the majority and you're not with your alliance. So mm. what's just, going on here, Gabe? It's a vendetta vote. It's a vendetta vote. And That's a really revenge, good point. Revenge doesn't generally, voting for revenge isn't the best strategy in survivor voting to go head to head with someone like i i think to game changers the head-to-head matchup early in the season with sandra versus tony guess who got voted out right after tony got voted out sandra was just a couple votes later right she didn't last much longer because they had this vendetta against each other for whatever reason they were also two former winners on a season where a lot of people wanted to get their first win so that plays into it as well but um 
the the revenge votes aren't necessarily the best strategy because it puts you too much out in the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those listening, what Jordan is, is getting at is they probably didn't show us uh, a conversation with Gabler and other people. I think we don't know, but was there something else that he, you know, talked to uh, mm-hmm. and actually made him part of Alliance? Cause you're right. Otherwise it is a dangerous game to just kind of be a, a rogue agent. Even if you get the right person out, if you guess right. Yeah. yeah. But he says it's too little too late. I'm not voting with Ellie. I'm voting against her. It's time for her to go tonight. And then you have this famous conversation that will haunt Ellie and Janine, I think, for the rest of their life. Standing there before Tribal, you can see like the sun is setting and they're saying, should I play my idol for you? I'm not sure. You know, Gabler said he's on board and Ellie says, I I don't trust him. I I can't trust him. So, you know, please, if you need to, could you play it for me? And I'm thinking Janine's got to be able to know that even the information before of like, Clearly, it was Sammy and Owen that told Gabler about what yeah. happened. Like, who who else would it have been, right? No, it can't be anyone. Oh, oh, yeah, it can't be. There's literally no one else. Yeah, and they didn't dig. I mean, I don't blame them because there's so much going on, but it seems they didn't dig deep enough to uncover even that piece of information to put the seed in their yeah. head to say, wait a sec. Okay, they just, Sammy just confessed or owned up to, or I pushed him enough that he just caved and said, yeah, it was me. Okay, so maybe he's not with me. Like even that, it might be enough to get to tribal. I know it's it's too bad because I really like them. And as we see, uh, maybe a bigger, you know, jaw drop than last week's Geo and Ryan. When when Janine sees Ellie go, she is just gutted, just crushed that her yeah. partner, her best friend, uh, is gone. Um, we're gonna get to the tribal, but this does bring up uh, our audience question of the episode from. None Cal. other than Cal, <laughs> who uh, has nothing better to do but to message us. But hey, if you're listening, you want to get a question in for the podcast, we'd love to hear it because honestly, this is annoying hearing from Cal every week, but he's the only <laughs> one that's written in three weeks in a row. And you can go on Cal, your questions are great. <laughs> They're wonderful. Uh, SurvivorAtHome.com. Go to the podcast page. There's a form you can fill out. And we would be happy to include that question or comment in the episode upcoming. But Kel writes this to Katie back in Survivor at Homes. So again, this is our online reality game we played over a weekend. If that broke down a bit differently, season three, you find yourself in a final four with your alliance and you win the final immunity. Who do you bring to the finals? A, the strategic and moustache twirly Alex Street or the social and shrewd Kel Sherman? Oh no. Well, I think it really matters who the other person is. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, can we come back to this? No, I need an answer right now. Oh. Okay. Oh, this is, I feel like Noel. Uh, Running a tight ship. I'm going to say Kel based on the fact that Alice, Alex is the most recent winner and it feels like the best choice. So I don't know if that's a compliment to you, Cal, but <laughs> I'm being forced <laughs> to choose. <laughs> the lesser of two evils. I like it. Thank you, Cal, for that question. Thank you, Katie, for your answer. And that brings us, of course, to and if you council. ask oh. an audience question, maybe you too can be hypothetically chosen to be brought to the final three. Yes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yes. You can live vicariously through the podcast. Or you could just sign up to play Survivor at Home because it's incredible. Survivorathome.com. Yes. Check it out. So going into tribal, we have a couple different scenarios, really just one. Ellie's 
Ellie's probably going to get the most votes. Maybe James does. And either Ellie goes home or gets her idol from Janine or James just gets the most votes. And if Ellie does get the idol from Janine, then James goes out. That's our, that's my assumption. That's the assumption going in. That's all the names we've really heard. Cassidy's name got thrown out a little bit, but leading into the tribal discussion, those are kind of the situations, any other situations that we think could have been possible at this point. I don't know. I mean, again, there's the Cody name. Yeah. I don't, I think those are the big ones for sure. Yeah. I think Cody's name has been left in the dust for a while. Speaking of which, Cody talks about it being just a dust storm and so chaotic. Keep it in mind, they've only had tribes of six, five. Anytime they've gone to tribal, is either six or five for everyone, um, which is small, small groups. And now there's 13 people going to tribal, but not everyone can receive votes. Crazy. And you've just met people over the course of, it looks, it seems about two days. They got on the beach on day 12 and tribal is day 13. So I was in two days. Jeff's response was kind of intriguing to me when they were talking mm. about how it was all chaos. He seemed genuinely shocked, and I don't know why. Well, Jeff has Jeff has said in multiple interviews that he, although he has a, a a read of some of what's going on, he he actually doesn't know everything as they go in. The produce like the product, rest of the production does. They want to know what the storyline's coming in, but often Jeff doesn't know every single detail apparently, so that he can be a little bit more objective. Because mm. even this tribal it seemed like oh man he's being very pointed here with even janine like almost implying at one point that maybe it's good to play an idol or you know but that almost wouldn't be fair uh, so i don't know i'd love to know jordan do you, have you heard anything about I, how that goes down no i don't know how much i mean he's got to know a little bit to ask some good questions but also if you think about it his questions aren't always reflecting what we're seeing from the production of the show mm-hmm. um right or they're kind of beating not beating around the bush there they can be general or specific on other things giving us insight so yeah, no, i think I, he's just I, feeding off the room right yeah exactly he's reading the room reading the room Possible. we have our episode title right we might just have our <laughs> yeah. episode title yeah i find it interesting well katie you and i you know host survivor at home and we don't see some of the socializing time behind the scenes we see the challenges we see some of those mm-hmm. dynamics so yeah when we come into tribal we have a, an idea, I think, of what's happening. And of course, we know who might have idols or advantages, but we, yeah. you know, we're trying to dig up questions there based on just the responses that people give. There are many times where the votes have come in and we've both just turned and looked at each other like, oh, no way, like yeah. totally shocked us. So I can understand yeah. that. No, yeah. I've been a part of votes that I'm sure have shocked in that way <laughs> as well. Like they're, you know, you go in and from the time that a, a challenge ends to the time you go to tribal, the game shifts a million different directions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't even know going into it, what's going to happen. You know what you're doing and what you think someone else might be doing, but that might be it. And uh, it's, it's crazy. The twists and turns just from socializing and someone gives a little piece of information that flips everything on its head or someone has a different idea or, You've got, you know, six people wanting to do something, but one core of that group doesn't want to follow along and do that and to appease. Everyone's got to switch what they want to do, but then someone doesn't want to, sw- and it just, the, the dynamics that can come into play, I think it's Janine in this episode who says in yeah. Tribal, everyone is trying to gauge what's best for, or I'm trying to gauge what's best for me, but what does everyone else think is best for them? And how do we come to a conclusion together 
or as much together as we can to go forward with that. And, and she, it's crazy. She gave a, a little bit of a math example too, right? Like to the factorial of 13. So it's not just what does someone else think is the best thing for their game, but what are they thinking? The other 12 people are also thinking. And so, yeah, you do have, I think that's probably thousands of possible outcomes based on each of those, which is pretty wild. And I think would be a good response to anyone who thinks the show is scripted. Like, no, you can't script humans like that. No, except for when they're actors, but yeah, (laughs) it's it's not scripted. It is produced at moments, um, but it is not scripted And what they, you know, their decisions on who to vote are their decision on who to vote. Their conversations are genuine and legit. Um, that goes on there and you can't, you can't kind of say or prove otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were some uh, real hot takes here too in this tribal from, from yeah. Janine's comment there, Cody, you mentioned before mm-hmm. Jordan, you know, he said it like, it's almost nauseating, not just a tribe of six, but all yeah. these people, Gabler said, you know, I wanted to go lie down and digest for an hour, his typical MO. And he's like, I haven't stopped talking all day long. Right. And you just have the idle factor. Carla speaks to that of advantages. And Jeff, as I mentioned, really pointed questions. Um, and, I, and I also really liked what Janine said, and I would like your input on this as well. She talked about paranoia in your gut. So the game, uh, the game, sorry, this is a game of paranoia versus your gut, she says. So paranoia is very present. And gut is the ability to latch onto things like the relationships that you've had in the past, like as opposed to just a momentary feeling mm-hmm. of what you should do in that moment. I really like this because what she's getting at here is that a gut decision maybe isn't just always a literal gut feeling, like a sense that you should have, you know, or go this way. She's saying it's actually a feeling rooted in also what you know or hope to be true as well. And I just mm-hmm. wondered, as she said that, is there something to this in terms of a strategy in playing Survivor? You've, you've rightly said, Jordan, there's no right one right formula. You have to be adaptable. But in general, is that maybe the way to play that not with your heart, not with your, your head, but actually a little bit of both? Is there a perfect blend oh. that's possible? And I guess, how would you play, Katie? What would you say? Are you Would you play with your heart or with your head? I would hope both. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing about what Janine said that was a really interesting take was that you have to trust yourself at some point. And the thing with paranoia I think the thing that makes paranoia paranoia is the moment that you stop trusting yourself. You can be walking on the beach and feeling like, I don't know if I trust these people. I'm not sure if someone's lying to me, but if you trust yourself, you're going to be able to hear your gut. The second that you give up, you turn into, was it Lindsay? Like you just are Mm -hmm. suddenly unable to see reality, which I think that ends up being where a lot of people make a mistake. Well, you have to grasp something. It's interesting she brings up the paranoia versus gut because does Janine know how much paranoia played in Lindsay's vote? She might not know that. She might. They might have discussed that and, and what happened and probably, probably did, to be honest with you. But we don't know that she knows how much paranoia played into that. And mm-hmm. we saw the bad version of paranoia. It's good in Survivor to be looking around your shoulder a little bit and could someone be coming after me? But when you lose, what did you say, Katie? When you lose the trust in yourself, I think it was the line you said. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you stop trusting yourself. Yeah. Like that moment with James, 
that is a perfect example of listen to your gut, not paranoia. Because he could have said, this doesn't feel right. Something is off. Uh, I need to go talk to my alliance members. But that he just says, mm, no, I can just tell something's off here. And I'm, I'm going to be paying attention now. Yeah. That to me is a really good example of that yep. at play. And make a smart, informed decision yes. from that, right? Don't just try to change everything that's going on. At the end of the day, it's a selfish game that requires teamwork. And you can't freak out and try to change things and be panicky because that's how you get voted out. In terms of the gut side, I think Janine articulated it quite well in that, you know, your gut isn't just, Andrew, you were talking about this. Your gut isn't just, you know, what you think is going to happen, but it's what do you know? How have you come to that conclusion that's going to happen? Do you have enough evidence to to not just be guessing that something's going to happen, but do you have enough evidence to go forward and work with it? The paranoia versus gut, both are so important. Playing with your head and your heart, um, it's decision-making is tough in Survivor because the pressure you're under, mm-hmm. like especially someone like Ellie in this episode, you know, Janine's not under that pressure. She's got an idol and she's not going to be voted out. She can't be voted out in this tribal anyways. Gabler's not under that pressure. Sammy's not under that pressure. Oh, Sammy is under that pressure. He can be voted out in this episode. Um, but there's a lot of people who aren't under that pressure and a lot who are. And it it plays into it so much. The other thing Owen talked about was there is only one currency in Survivor, um, which is trust. I'm going to say information is also currency mm-hmm. in Survivor. Is it yeah. not? And you do have to trust those around you. Lindsay couldn't do that. And she got voted out when she was a thousand percent safe probably and she got voted out because of that um because she couldn't trust the people around her um with the information that she was given Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna cut in really quickly as we're talking any future players of survivor at home which you can sign up for at survivor at home dot com com this to me (laughs) so i have a terrible history of playing idols poorly like so many idols very poorly And this is it in every time and every instance where I played an idol, it's because I got paranoid and I wasn't letting my gut do the talking. So if you ever play, I think this is the one thing you can do to prepare is like practice listening to your gut. What if you've had, hold on. What if you've had four slices of pizza and a couple of beers? How do you know what's in your gut slash what's just the pizza and beer? You know, clearly what's in your gut. Um, Katie, do you remember the, the tribal survivor at home season two? I think it was right after the merge and four idols were played and they prevented a total of I was one of them. You were one of them. And there were two others played. And I think we prevented a total of one vote between four idols because one person played it and three people panicked. I was, that was me. I did it first because paranoid. And I think it then led to that feeling of, well, if that person's going to play it, I don't want to go home with one vote. Like- you know what it led to for me was I had no inkling. I the I remember that tribal, one of the few tribals I fully re- almost fully remember. Right before tribal, my closest alliance member Vicky tells me, "Your name just came up, but it's all good. We shut it down. There are a couple of us that shut it down. So that and then boom, we're in tribal council. That's the last thing I didn't have a chance to respond. That's just the last thing I hear is my name has come up." And then Katie, you play your idol. I had not heard your name at all. You were not the target. You play it. And my immediate 
thought is, okay, what does she know that I don't know? Not realizing you have a history of played idols <laughs> when you don't need to. But yeah. what does she know that I don't know? And then hmm. uh, someone else, I think Alex plays an idol whose name I had heard, but I didn't think was the one going out, plays an idol. And now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, all right, what is going on here? I need to save myself. Meanwhile, uh, I didn't get a vote. You didn't get a vote. Alex probably got two because he always gets votes against him. Um, <laughs> and all, And then someone else plays an idol and there's four idols out. And none of us really were in danger of going out. But yeah, I remember my thought process of what do they know that I don't know? This is so if you ever have multiple idols and you're trying to flush someone else's, maybe that's one way to do it. It's like sacrifice one of your idols to make everyone nervous. I feel like that's an in in efficient way of playing idols, though. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. This this is what <laughs> this let me connect it to this episode though, because as you're watching, everyone listening and watching is saying oh man, there might be a ripple effect here. If Gabler plays his, which is valid, it was only valid until this tribal council, even though he wasn't even eligible. That was his second tribal council. So maybe he plays it. I mean, then Cody might play it. Like if, so Gabler would have to use it for someone and then Cody might play his. Janine mm-hmm. for sure would play hers for Ellie. So it's, and I mean, I wonder too, like we can never know this, but did Gabler think through this? Is he smart enough to know if I start a chain here of idol plays just for the sake of maybe showing someone I got an idol, there's a chance that Janine might play hers, which I know she has for Ellie, who I want gone. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep it to myself because one, what you guys are talking about in, in our survivor at home, I think even would happen here on the Island, especially with only six people. If one idols played everyone, I guarantee you we would see two or three idols for sure in this tribal. If even one got played. So it's it's yes it's paranoia but like there's also that's where the logic comes in like just your probabilities okay it's now one in five okay now it's one in four all right like i'm not going home you know one in four where i do have a chance to save myself even if it's a wasted idol it's not a, it's not a paranoid decision it's a actually fairly well-informed decision in my opinion what was that tribal a few years ago where every single person had immunity or an idol and the person who went home didn't even get a vote. This is like, this is Jordan's like he this, sits up to the mic. He lo- he lives for this. He, <laughs> I live for this. Yeah. This is this is one of my favorite things. It was Sari Fields. Um, right. there was a group of, I think it was final six, and five of them had immunity. There was a legacy advantage, a couple of idols, and um, and individual immunity. And Sari is the one who was she was set up to potentially win she was in a great spot to win that game and legacy advantage comes out idol comes out idol comes out there's already individual immunity she she gets out and jeff says jeff probe says for what it's worth sari not a single vote in here has your name on it but you're the only person who's eligible to get voted out he said that the other way around he said you're the only one who's eligible to get voted out for what it's worth. There's not a single vote in here with your name on it, but the tribe has spoken, I guess. And she goes out on that, um, on the immunity train. That one was interesting too, because part of what triggered that was the legacy advantage was done after that tribal. That was the last Mm -hmm. time it could be used. So it had to be used was then triggered. Well, I'm not going home. Well, I'm not going home. Sari didn't have any protection. So she was, she was stuck um in that one yeah 
fascinating. I live, I live for that he one. Does, uh, Cal, yeah. Cal, Cal also will live for that one. Yeah. I know you've got that one memorized. You're ready to like on any yeah. given, like just on a dime on a street corner. Hey, did someone just say Sari? Let me tell you about Sari. <laughs> Come on over. Just... Anyway, um, let's get to the vote here. Cause we, so, we didn't know what was going to happen. No idea. Uh, everyone goes to do their vote. I had forgotten about the no, no casting your vote. People. Right. There were, there were two, I think they didn't have votes here. Yeah, um, you had Jesse right? and Janine. Both didn't have votes, uh, so they couldn't vote. Um, and then Janine doesn't. There's the look. Obviously, production's going to zoom in on Janine. The look between Janine and Ellie. To my understanding, Ellie told her not to play it. That's my understanding of uh, of this tribal. I don't know why. Uh, I haven't been able to do the research as to why she told her not to play it. But she it didn't told show her anything like that. They didn't show. No, I've seen an. I saw an article. Oh about hey, it inside information inside information has been released uh and then the votes get read and a couple of gasps along the way ellie first vote james owen cassidy wh- owning, why what what are we doing what are we doing here that we're voting okay we'll keep going james and then it's a clean sweep the rest of the way mm-hmm. ellie 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 and two unread votes for ellie as well um, just to run through a list of the players that did end up voting for Ellie, if I can, uh, if I can pull it up here. Did you guys have the post-credit scene, like where yeah. they showed the votes? Yeah. Oh, cut out on the app, so this is news to me. Oh yes, we have the inside scoop, but I didn't write it down. You didn't write it down. That's okay. No. I'm going to have it momentarily here. Okay, the list of players that voted for Ellie: Cassidy, Cody, Dwight. Gabler, James, Ryan, and Sammy voted for Ellie. Not so those Owen. Not Owen. So Carla didn't vote for Ellie. Noel didn't vote for Ellie. Owen did not vote for Ellie. And obviously Ellie did not vote for Ellie. And then Janine and Jesse didn't have votes. Very interesting. Do you think that Owen is playing, like thinking it's possible an idol is going to be played just in case I want to be able to say I didn't vote for you? Owen voted for James. So I think he was just going with that with his tribe. But he, I know, I think he and Sammy are together. Yeah, he's done this before, Owen, where he was, he like voted differently from other people. I wonder, like, it seems like a strategy of throwaway votes almost not on his alliance members just so that he can make a case. The other thing, he's the one that witnessed the, um, uh, Ellie and Janine going through gate. the bag, right? Yes. So he knows that it was Janine who was going through the bag, and he's never corrected that statement. It was Gabler who interpreted it to mean that it was Ellie. So he's oh, kind right. of playing on a knife edge there of like he's with yeah. Gabler and Sammy, but he's not fully with them. He's mm-hmm. keeping his options open here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he had said with the women he wanted to potentially work with them too. So who did Sammy vote for? Did it, does it say? Yep, yep, I've got it. Sammy voted for Ellie. Interesting, because they for sure would have talked together. But I'll be curious to see if we see a conversation between Sammy and Owen next week. Like, was that planned, or are they actually, as Katie's saying, not totally on the same page? Is Owen trying to do his own thing? Yeah. Oh, so many questions. So so few answers to these questions, though. It's true. Yeah. If only it was a two-hour episode. Oh, man. If Give us the two hours. 
two hours, sure. 90 minutes, something, something longer than this. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention too, that if you're listening, you can engage with us on uh, not only the website, but on Spotify. If you listen there, we often post polls or questions of the week on the episode itself. So click on the episode on your phone, scroll down and you'll see some questions there. Just another fun way to engage little questions about the episode and the season there. But Katie, for yourself, um, any other comments? Who do you, do you have going far? Do you have a winner's pick based on who we have now? The official merge starting I'm, next week. I'm really cheering for Carla. I think mm. she's playing a wise game. I would love yeah. her. I think that Marianne did this too, but I would love for her not to tell a single soul about her idol at mm-hmm. any point. Yes, like to yes. really just keep it close. Yes. Um, Come on, Carla. Reach. Yeah, I think this episode, I've gained some respect for James as a player. I think that yeah. he might turn, he might surprise us he, as, the, as the show continues. James navigated being in the firing line really well. You were talking about that a couple of minutes ago. He navigated that so, so well in this episode. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. And and I would I have to say of all the players that didn't get airtime, that pretty much the whole Vessi tribe, there was nothing too profound with we, we saw them at times, but Dwight, Noel, Jesse. We generally Cody. get some good insight from Jesse, and we didn't in this episode. Yeah, there wasn't too much spotlight on them. And again, I get there's 13 players to showcase, but not yeah. much, not much from them this episode. But I still, do think that, sorry. No, I was just gonna say still Jesse is one of those players and Cody and Noel that have been thrown out a lot as being favorites and Dwight. Uh, we'll see if he can kind of step his game up a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised to see Vessi stay strong. I feel yeah. like of the three tribes, they seem the most loyal to each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at all costs, but of the three. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but next week is officially the merge all 12 remaining players have their buffs. Mm. They're good to go. What a feeling that would be. You guys have both made that in Survivor at home. And it's got to mm-hmm. be a good feeling in that game. But imagine on the real island getting that far. These milestones are worth celebrating. A, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, just like being on this podcast. Except for you've been on multiple times. But uh, just enjoying the ride. And Ryan said it well a few episodes ago. Just you know, trying to live up to what Jeff said. Making the most of every moment being mm-hmm. out there. And uh, hopefully Alex can go to bed happier tonight listening because Jeff also sends the crew off, the castaways off with some closing words, some departing lines, uh, telling them a big, obviously, congratulations, making the merge. The game continues. So there you go, Alex. Jeff didn't leave them hanging. You can rest easy. No, here we go now. The game is truly on. Gladiator training has ended, and it is time for these final 12 uh, in the merge tribe. Oh, do we know? No, we don't know a merge tribe name yet. We'll maybe we'll learn that next episode. I'm I'm excited for it now. We've got some storylines building. I think it's really interesting the dynamic of some of these tribes that are coming in. I agree with your take on Vessi seeming to be the strongest. They've kind of got that like they've been through the war together and want to move forward together. Versus Baka, that group is very much in that that war and just had the internal. Well, their internal fight was the crux of this episode and uh, the coco tribe we don't know enough about them yet they they got some interesting people within there carla and james specifically are really interesting there mm-hmm. awesome well thank you everyone for listening uh this is the survivor at home podcast my name is andrew this is jordan and katie thank you very much for being on here tonight again we've said it many times mm-hmm. 
but make time for fun in your life. If you want to apply, we're going to have a Survivor at Home Season 5 coming in the new year, late January, maybe early February. It's going to be a blast. Katie and I have some incredible ideas already in place and lots more work to do, right, Katie? But we're looking forward to to hosting that. I'm already planning the Thai food we're going to order when the game begins. Oh, it's so good. It's always worth it. <laughs> and it's a labor of love for sure. Thank you for listening, whether you're in your car or cutting up vegetables or mowing the lawn. We're glad that you're here. Survivor at Home Podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>